2: Welcome to it, great to be with you on a Wednesday, it's Hale City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, lot to get into with the portal, some sense actually being made, Gene Smith, come on down, and uh, the uh, new term for NIL, now it's legal if you ask the Pac-12. <laughs> We'll spend time there. Thoughts on some NBA, actually. Things are getting a bit feisty in Memphis and Golden State. What Steve Kerr and Draymond have to say about it last night? We'll touch on that. Mike Babcock with us in 20 minutes. We'll also hear from Mike Schuhart, Shuey, Wilderness Ridge, Golf. Get his thoughts on the world of sports and what's... uh, flying through the air at Wilderness, that approach shot likely. And then in Hour 2, Day by Day, a week from tomorrow, debuts at the Rococo Theater. Really enjoyed catching up with a lot of former Huskers that have been on the show before. But uh, Day by Day, that documentary uh, is going to be pretty cool. For Nebraska fans, we'll spend time with Husker great Grant Wistrom at uh, 5.05. So Grant will join the show. We'll check in with Brendan Stuy tomorrow, also on Day by Day. So, load it up, numbers to get in, 466-3776, 3776 800-825-5865. Those are the numbers. can find and follow us. Do so on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Uh, Chris at HaleVarsity.com is where you can find us. Uh, via email also a pretty good follow-up story with the world herald on what made the decision a reality for o'shaun mathis we uh, know he pledged nebraska a little bit more in depth as to the the guts of that decision elijah what's shaking what do you know how are you my avalanche got a huge win last night over the predator so it's put me in a good mood all day today feeling good well good man uh the the abs uh, needed that uh, college football needs some some help. They need some reform, and uh, specifically, uh, they need well, they need a czar. They need a boss. Uh, that's not new, but uh, with things uh, kind of open season right now, Gene Smith has some suggestions, and it's just Gene throwing out ideas. Ohio State's the power player. And uh, you have the uh, proposal here for Gene Smith. Just let some of the the schools they propose ten FBS conferences. The the conferences operate under the umbrella, under the management of the college football playoff, with their own rules, their own structure. While the NCAA can continue to host championships for basketball and Olympic sports, you have a quick interview with Gene Smith with ESPN at Big Ten spring spring meetings, and he said the schools that offer 85 scholarship need different rules. He said they could create minimum standards for memberships. We can create our own rules, our own governance structure, our own enforcement, have our own requirements. That's the breakaway that we've heard a lot about from the NCAA. Uh, you have lots of concerns with booster clout. Think of Auburn, right? Think of what almost happened. They almost ran a coach out, not the first nor the last time, if you ask Gus on, or Gene Chiswick, But you've got schools that are run by boosters. Maybe an example of that is Auburn. Maybe an example of that is A&M. Pick an SEC school. You get cross with Boss Hogg, uh, despite going 9-3, and three, maybe you're out. Well, you have the college leaders gearing up to issue a warning to hundreds of wealthy boosters who are using name, image, and likeness ventures to involve themselves in recruiting You have administrators are part of this task force to review NIL. They're finalizing additional guidelines that are expected to clarify that boosters and booster-led collectives are prohibited from involvement in recruiting. That's what multiple sources are telling Sports Illustrated. The guidelines will Provide more guidance to member schools on what many administrators say are nil disguised pay for for play deals orchestrated by donors to induce prospects and recruit players off other college teams. That's great. How are you going to enforce? The NCAA is not Briscoe and Logan from Law and Order back in the day. They're limited. They don't have a lot of bite. They don't have subpoena power or, okay, they may have some power to make you talk, but what can they do? They're not a, there's no law enforcement with them. No one's ever going to get a gun put in their mouth like SMU did again. And that's a fine line because you don't want to alienate the boosters uh, that do a lot for the university. Now... You have the haves and the have-nots, and boosters are always going to be prevalent. They're always going to be necessary. Can you curb power? Can you curb a sugar daddy? Can you curb Phil, Uncle Phil, right? I mean, look, what look. I think Uncle Phil in Oregon, I think they're above board. I think <laughs> their, uh, their decadence and their win total are the two main selling factors with, with Nike money. That was built by Nike to be something of substance with the wardrobe changes and a new style that was incredible under Chip Kelly and Coach Frost. So there was some substance with Nike, but the attention was because of a booster. You've got years of Southwest Conference stories, SMU, Pony Access, check it out. You've probably watched it a hundred times where there's a payroll to meet. Well, damn it, I'm sick of losing to my buddy across the locker room in our country club in North Dallas. So I'm going to go get Eric Dickerson. I'm going to go get Craig James and I'm going to go get this dude. Uh, that's a wizard with the option in Sherwood had a payroll and it worked for SMU. And then people started whining and it, that was a big old iceberg. It wasn't just a, a, a it was a mountain of an iceberg below I look at this, and that's fine to have guidelines for collectives. It's still in a draft form. You better hurry. And, and I think you can take some of these outlines to what Gene Smith is proposing, where let, let us break away and be ruled by the college football playoff because that's who's running the playoff, that's who's making the money for us along with the TV deals, and, and go that route. But it needs to be accelerated and and pronto because you're you're spending money on quarterbacks that are five star kids out of high school, but it, it it's an arms race to uh, to see you can who you can flip in the portal and go get via free agency. What what's different and to bring it back to Nebraska's recency here with Oshawn Mathis is there's not really been any. NIL talk it's not been ignored but it's not the focus. Oshan made that really clear to the world Harold today with um listen man there's 100 schools that were after me. Coach Applewhite was a familiar face. I was really comfortable with him. Um the the support system was great. Casey Thompson said Nebraska is a great place. He's coming from Texas to Nebraska. What's it like at Texas? You were there for 100 years. What's it like under the new coaching staff? And his job when he gets to Lincoln is to play good football, but also he wants to build his pro stock. Big 10 over Big 12. We've said that for a while. That's not new news. And he watched and researched Nebraska's defense. All of those factors were A, B, C, and D versus E or N here in this instance NIL. So there, there's some progress being made, Elijah, but uh, sooner rather than later it needs to happen. And I think this
3: all kind of flows right into what uh Deion sanders said on 24 7 sports podcast i uh, got the audio here where he was essentially talking about like these guys if you want to go somewhere and you can go profit off of your name image and likeness that's great but don't go somewhere because of the name image and likeness you go somewhere because of the the, the environment they have there what they can do for you in order to get you to the next level what their scheme looks like for you and and whether or not you're going to come in and be a key contributing factor and these are all factors that we look at when we talk about ocean mathis well and
2: and money is Temporary, and it can be uh, life-changing momentarily, but there's a bigger picture. There's a lot more decades to live than the six months you may spend at a school.
4: I love for these guys to be able to get paid for their name, image, and likeness. I love that. But uh, it's becoming free agency, real free agency. And if you don't have it, you're not going to be able to compete. It's just another way, to me, um, to keep the schools that don't have the proper funding down. Mm-hmm. We can't, first of all, I'm not giving a kid nothing like that. No, I want you to focus on the NFL, not the N-I-L. You ball out and you're preparing yourself for the NFL. If you get comfortable with, you already got a meal and you got that coming, I man, come on, how, how hungry are you going to be mm-hmm. to go out there and work and go get it? And we can't lose the fact that these are young men that they got to stay hungry. They got to stay interested. They got to stay invested. And when a kid says, oh, Coach, uh, how about that paper? Click. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, that's that's the concern. Well, you know, I had seven hundred yards receiving, four touchdowns. I was top red zone target in your offense, coach. So and so's making money. How about a raise? Coach Prime saying, click. (laughs) I I love Dion, man. I loved watching him play. I love how straight up he is more from Coach Prime.
4: First of all, if he's been offered $2 million, that means they got it. That's not the kid's fault. That's not his fault whatsoever. But he should be really looking at where is this going to take me? Okay, is the quarterback there? Is the system there? Is the environment there? Am I going to be happy? Because you could be rich and very unhappy. I've been that before. So he got to understand that young man has to understand the complexity of the whole package and it cannot get to bidding wars for young kids that really ain't done nothing yet.
2: It's there. <laughs> the thing Dion is to get it to stop. Mm. And and Kenya that was on the Addison transfer uh, this Still in draft form when it comes to bylaws and trying to to, to boost your block, so to speak. Uh, schools that don't control donor spending could be found in violation of NCAA rules. Sanctioned according to this document, the NCAA enforcement staff have made inquiries only into small or a handful of programs so far. But the guidelines could spark deeper investigations into improper inducements. Tied to NIL, this draft form outlines that booster back collectives should be prohibited from associating with high school prospects with college transfers, potentially opening the door for a contentious, I love that word, legal challenge between the association. And the booster groups, and while there's smart people that have law degrees in the NCAA, I would bet money that some of the top law firms are part of collective groups. Just saying. That that smart folks who love their university probably practice law. See,
3: I wonder if there's going to be some sort of NCAA oversight committee to ensure, like, yeah, there there is actual substance behind the fact that this kid is actually worth this much. Their name, image, and likeness is actually worth this much for a university. Because I mean, you think about look at what the the Nebraska athletes are doing. They're going on social media. They're promoting great brands within town, and uh, they're getting you know free housing for doing so. They're getting free cars for doing so. Um, and, and I wonder if there's going to be some sort of oversight committee to say, yeah, this fifty thousand dollar deal you got. There's actually substance behind it. You're actually going to be making these posts and whatnot. Here's value to
2: your name, image, and likeness based on what Blake Lawrence has come up with with Open Doors. It's
3: not just, here's $250,000 right around in your car. Here's what the market is in Stillwater. Here's
2: what the market is in Lincoln. Here's what the market is in Boulder. Here's what the market is in uh, Southern Cal. Mm -hmm. And it's going to vary because the NCAA is all about level playing field, and this has been shot to hell yeah and and it's and it's been uneven because you're going to have better talent, better coaching, better development. I mean Alabama, it's not fair. Alabama, what I see yesterday on Twitter, Alabama's putting damn near 70% of their linemen in the NFL top 68 picks. That's the average. in his time, I mean the guy has more first rounders than losses. So he's doing it legally through development and scouting and culture and, air quote, the process, right? I mean, that's his mantra. So good luck, good luck uh, fixing this. But at least there's some talk, there's some movement. I don't think Gene Smith is crazy, and it's a good thing for Nebraska because they're they're part of the Big Ten, they're part of the, the brand, they're part of the fan base inner circle that is going to, going to move the needle and get eyeballs.
3: I, I just want to add here, if, if you want to see what the issues are with NIL, like, I mean, just look at the fact that the NCA has gone within a year of NIL becoming a thing and decided, well, we need to talk about getting some guardrails in place. How, how often does the NCA get off their ass and go do things in one year? I
2: mean, never. Well, it, it took their president and said, you know, you're out in June, right? Mike Babcock will weigh in on this. Some Husker baseball, some NBA. Hail Varsity continues. <laughs> of Hail Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com Backslash subscribe. Promo code GBR.
1: And we're back. Fellas, so, think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome.
2: Back with you, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Grant Wistrom, less than an hour from now. His thoughts on the upcoming documentary, Day by Day. We welcome in Mike Babcock, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at MDBabs on Twitter. Babbers, uh, you got to be pretty excited, man, less than a week for the documentary to drop.
5: Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, looking forward to it.
2: It'll be all right, man. Uh, we'll uh, get a uh, spot where Coco's where it's at, and I know uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have some more uh, thoughts on that coming up. Mike, let's dig in to... Uh, booster blockades and Gene Smith and the NCAA and uh, a lot of news today and do you feel that the NCAA can curb donor spending on NIL right now?
5: You know um, Smitty I think that, that my response is the obvious that that the things that are being discussed now should have been discussed before this thing ever started. I mean, we've we've opened the door, and you can't shut the door and shove everything back in now. Um, and, and and that's where I think it's at. I, I I don't know if you can control it because of what you guys were talking about when lawyers get involved in this, and you know, players like players have agents. Uh, college players, people are making these. Uh, you know, there's, there are questions about whether uh, there are enticements in getting players to move in the transfer portal. Um, all these kinds of things I think should have been addressed before the policy of involving NIL was was uh, established. And since they weren't, um, now here's what we've got. I, I don't know how you push everything back into the door and close it,
2: it's like my hallway closet in college. You open it, and here comes the avalanche. Right. Babbers. Right. And just duck. Just duck. I mean, you. I guess you can say, here's where we screwed up, A, by not being organized, B, by not having a plan. C, here's what we would have done if we could go back in the DeLorean. I guess that's better than nothing. What do you think of Gene Smith, uh, his take on... First and foremost, the scholarship limit and then also the the, the portal uh, windows where there's that window of time portal wise between that last Sunday of the regular season and the December signing day. And then uh, you have a portal window that that takes you right up until May. Uh, There's different portal times. And, of course, during the second signing day uh, through February. So there's about two or three different times. Where the portal is going to be uh, closed, so you're not having to roster manage uh, in 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 quick real time. That's been problematic for schools.
5: Well, but you hear the coaches, you know, the assistant coaches uh, talking about free agency now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's got to that point. And and again, I don't know how you can like legislate this thing out of existence. The problems that you've got. Um, because you didn't think it through before you open things up. Um, You know, the transfer portal is part of it. But then you look at it on the other side from a philosophical standpoint. Okay, a coach can pick up and leave. He can bail on players that he recruited. Um, He can change his mind and get more money somewhere else and go. But now it's like, you know, he has the opportunity to go back and try to convince players that he had at one school to follow him to another school um, that's probably not the right kind of a thing to do I mean it, it's to some extent it's a very simple thing it's about commitment a commitment that you make when you sign a letter of intent a commitment when you're a coach and you recruit somebody and uh, now that's all out the window it, it looks like I mean it's it, if you don't get the opportunity that you want right away um, well just look for some other place just put your name in the portal and and transfer out and and uh, coaches are taking advantage of it and, and again how do you check you can't check it I, I don't see I mean you can set deadlines and all that sort of thing but you still have the you still have the opportunity for for student athletes to do that and you know, my mindset has always been in support of the student-athlete because of the situation where, you know, maybe a coach bails and goes somewhere else. You know, he, he had committed, uh, he or she had committed to that student-athlete, and then they decide that they're going to go somewhere else. Um, so why shouldn't the student-athlete be able to do that as well? But, you know, I'm not in charge of that kind of stuff, and I didn't think that stuff through and now I'm seeing what the what the implications are.
3: Mike Babcock's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mike, I want to get your take on how you're balancing the fact that NIL has been and will continue to be good for Nebraska. Well, on the other hand, it's looking like it's going to be bad for the sport of college football as a whole. Because on, on one hand, I look at it and I go, yeah, Nebraska is able to – go and, and do work in the transfer portal because of the NIL opportunities here. But then you also look at the sport as a whole and it's probably going to reduce parity And these teams that are well-funded like Nebraska are probably going to uh, continue to, to elevate and and get much better than, than these teams that have less funding.
5: Yeah. Well, I think there is a concern, you know, and, and, uh, like you guys said earlier, uh, I think beyond Sanders kind of addressed that uh, to some extent and, uh, you know, how do you maintain some sense of parity? Now, some people are suggesting that, well, there's going to be more parity now because players can, you know, they're not going to be back up somewhere. Um, they're going to transfer over. Uh, talented players are going to transfer elsewhere and uh, give up. So um, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it is. You know, maybe, it, maybe it'll maybe it all shake out. That was my initial thought was, well, once through the the – the first run of this stuff, and I don't, you know, whether that lasts two years, three years, four years, I, I don't know. Once it all shakes out, maybe, you know, we'll adjust, um, and and the game will adjust, and 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 there will be some kind of parity, I presume, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I did. It looks to me like in football, for example, that the benefits of Southeastern Conference is just going to get stronger and stronger. And now you got Texas and Oklahoma moving there to that conference. And as long as you have a four-team playoff in football and you let more than conference champions get into the playoffs, when there are only four teams, you're going to have that. You're going to have that issue, to my way of thinking.
2: Big Ten's pretty well positioned, too. But those are the two leagues that are set up best. I mean, the ACC is renting Notre Dame, right? And clemson, mm-hmm. Clemson's clemson been really good. But what's their staying power like beyond uh, losing some really good talent and some really good assistant coaches? The Pac-12's been down. The Big 12's losing their two big dogs. Yeah, I mean it's really going to be the SEC versus the Big Ten. What about getting this this governance and finally then breaking away from the NCAA, like Gene Smith's talking about?
5: Well, I, you know, I've I've thought in those terms as well. You know, because you've got that you've got that group of schools that probably would not want to do that. I I don't know why you couldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, that, that's been a it's it's come up in topics of discussion for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, over the over the years, it's I don't know it was never very serious, but you know, there's been talk about that, and and I think that things like NIL and and the transfer portal maybe make it even more of a more of a situation like that. It's it's more difficult for schools that aren't in in a particular conference or in a particular situation to really compete so you know maybe maybe you break off and create your own set of rules for for something uh, like that for football um i don't know for men's or women's basketball i don't know if you do the same thing um wh- how far does it go when you restructure does it does it just involve uh, f- football um is it a football thing is it a men's and women's basketball has it
2: i think the football is going to be gene smith saying have it run by the college football playoff separate from the ncaa the rest of your sports governed by the ncaa
5: okay okay so you you can you can see you know you know let's see how it works with football if Mm -hmm. if that's what you want to do but you're going to have people that are going to be complaining about that saying that's not right
2: (laughs) well those that get left out
5: (laughs) yes right exactly Exactly. And, and and uh, you know, how do you address that? I, I just think that the that the NCAA has made some mistakes mm-hmm. and has let this thing get, get out of hand to the point where you have people saying something like that, you know. Let's pull out of the NCAA and do our own thing.
2: Mike, going to go to Husker Baseball real quick. Just uh, about two minutes left. But uh, Will Bolt met the media today and... Uh, is is pretty matter of fact with where the team's at. We'll hear from Will before the hour's done. But you got another chance to dust off. Iowa's top three in the league. Got great pitching on Friday. Uh, responded Sunday after getting whacked by uh, a lot of runs by Nebraska. So the Big Red's got to move on and take on Minnesota, who's not having a great year.
5: No, no, and I, and. I... I, I still think, yeah, you know, I really thought, thought the Iowa series was crucial. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen the Huskers come away with a couple of victories against Iowa in that series, and then you've got Minnesota. Um, I think you can uh, you finish up with what Michigan State here, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then you've got the one other series. Uh, you still have a chance to get into the. Into the Big Ten tournament, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just you got to go game to game, um, get it done. Don't you know? They're, it's a scrappy bunch. You know that gritty really beats pretty thing is still with this team, but but uh, you know that's it's one game at a time. You've you've got to you've got to be successful. I, I think you got to win the you got to win the Minnesota series, just sweep them, um, and which Nebraska is capable of doing. I think, mm. but. Uh, you know I thought that they would get uh, I thought they'd get a couple from Iowa
2: Mike 30 seconds are you worried about your Golden State Warriors
5: uh yes I am because now Peyton is probably done for the yeah, for, for the, the playoffs uh, playoffs that was a rough start physical man that was rough he got hammered um, yeah I'm concerned because of uh, losing him and and uh, the way things are going but uh, if they had him and everybody was healthy. Um, I would have thought they were probably in pretty good position.
2: Plenty of ball left. Going to be uh must-see TV. Babbers will get uh, in contact next week. Thanks again for jumping on and talking some ball with us.
5: Hey, thanks for having me, guys.
2: You too. Mike uh, Babcock with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at MDBabs on Twitter. We'll check in at the golf course. Uh, Wilderness Ridge, Mike Schuhart next.
6: Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity radio show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you for less than $20 can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at halevarsity.com. Just go to slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. And
2: now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time at Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Day by day, the Nebraska documentary drops next Thursday at the Rococo. Grant Wistrom with us in 20 minutes. As uh, he was part of that, uh, well, the rise, the uh, first part of the the documentary series. We say hi to Mike Schuhart Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, what's uh, the good word? It looks like uh, we'll have some golf weather this weekend. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Waiting for that warm weather, but it's coming. <laughs> it'll be here before we know it.
2: You are holding your breath like me, my friend. <laughs> but uh, it'll it'll get there. That'll be uh, big time. And I wanna dive into some some Mike Shuhart takes on boosters, NIL, and policing. You've got different entities. You've got coaches complaining, understandably so. You have uh you have ADs, Gene Smith from Ohio State, saying, Let's just make our own rules and have our own enforcement under the college football playoff umbrella, not the NCAA. You got other ADs saying, let's go get a football czar like the college basketball selection committee has. Those are all three good things. And, oh, by the way, let's have an open and closed portal window so it's not roster management uh, 24-7 for coaches. Uh, that's excessive. Uh, the NFL doesn't even mess with that. I've thrown out a bunch of different topics Mike, I'm going to ask that you put the uh, the old czar coat on. How do you fix this mess of college football?
0: Man, I mean, it's they've opened up Pandora's box and going to try to figure out how to close it. You know, right now you got to do what you got to do because it's like there's really no rules. Mm-hmm. So it's like do whatever you can do, throw money, get money, you know, give it to players as much as you can. So it's like that that's got to stop eventually. I mean, it's just out of control. So it's like, what do you do? How do you do it? You know, it's it's become so easy for players to transfer. Mm-hmm. And I am all for a player having the ability to transfer. But what was it really intended for? Just like everything, that the intent probably is really good, and it is good, because you make a decision that is probably you think is the best fit for you, and it becomes not really the best fit. Should I be locked into that? No, you should have have the ability to get out of that position. But what they used to do, I mean, if you transferred, you you had some penalties to your transfer. I mean, you had to set out a year. So you had to weigh some of your options on, is it really worth me transferring? You know, now it's it's like half these kids don't want to transfer, but they have to because they're getting a better deal or they're making more money going to another place, it's like, I really like where I'm at, but I'm going to make way more money over there. So it's like, ooh, that's not the intent of what it is and why it is, you know, and the intent of letting players make earned dollars off of their image and their likeness and their name. So it's like, really, what is the intent? Is it still within the parameters of what – the basic intent of allowing them to do that. No, it's spun so far out of control, just like everything does. And there's nobody there managing it. So it's like, I mean, you have to put some restraints on some of these things, that limitations, what it is that they can get. um, There has to be some penalties. If you decide to leave, there has to be, I don't want to say a penalty, but there has to be some consequences to why I leave. There's none right now. I can leave immediately, play, and make more money at another institution. It's like it can't. It has to be made much harder than that for them to really make that decision. That you know what I am leaving because I need to find a better fit for me, not just to make more money. It's nuts.
2: No, you're right. I mean, the intent is is what it's all about. Mike Shuart with this Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, you you've coached a long time, man. And what would you say to kids that are that are caught up with the the bling, for lack of a better term, uh, before they've earned the bling?
0: Well, it's like one of the things I always say is like you can't you can't chase the money. The money will find you. So it's like if you have a love for what you do, a passion for what you do, you work at what it is that you do. If you become efficient at that, proficient at that, become really good. That All of those things will, will come as you do that. So, I mean, in, as I see it, these kids chase this, are able to chase this. How many of them live up to what it is the hype is or what it is they're earning? So that's the part that frustrates me. It's like I, I'm old school, man. I, I, you basically work for what you get. You know, and now it's like these kids are getting this and it's like, what is the product that they're producing, you know, is what they're doing worth the investment? And I would say that very few times the investment I'm investing into this person, what I get in return is not nearly enough.
2: No, the, the ROIs is well off in some instances, we don't know the true figures for uh Bryce down at Bama right but <laughs> uh he's he's been he's delivered every inch but that's that's more so Bama as a whole right well and, and, and Mike,
3: Mike we we've talked for years about kids having NFL dreams is it okay for for kids in this new era, to have NIL dreams. Well, what if they they want their career to be done after college football? They can cash in on the NIL and, and then be done. Is that something that is, is off-putting to you?
0: No, I got no problem with anybody benefiting from what it is that they do. What I have a problem is you got to do it. You got to produce something. Show me something that allows you or that shows me that you have earned that money that we're, that you're getting. I'm getting this money. What have I done? What have I done to earn that? You know, that's why I love golf so much. Mm -hmm. You know what? I tee it up in a tournament. How I play, how I perform, I get rewarded for that performance. If I play like crap and I miss the cut, I don't get paid. There's no guarantees. So you earn what your performance is. You know, if I perform well, I get compensated for that. If I perform poorly, I don't get compensated. These guys don't perform at all and get massively compensated. So it's like that, that's the part that, that is irritating to me. So it's like I got no problem having the guy make money. But perform. Earn it. How do you earn it? How are, how are all these people earning it? They're not earning nothing. We're just giving it to a kid to entice him to come here and play in hopes that he plays okay. You know, it's like, man, you, we got a guy that we think is going to have a bunch of sacks that's going to help our team win football games. So it's like, he has one sack? Is that worth the investment? So
2: not, a, like, not at all. Not at all. Shuey, I've got about 30 seconds, bud. Give us an update on Wilderness, uh, how folks can become members, and how construction's going.
0: Construction's going great, man. They're out there like a like a bunch of ants out there, working around, (laughs) digging and filling and doing all kinds of stuff. So, pretty exciting to watch the project uh, and the progress with that. And membership's still going strong. I mean, we have Tammy Nagel as our membership director, and I see her probably two or three times a day giving people's tours and and, uh, and signing people up. So, interest is high, excitement's really high. Project is getting closer every day, so a lot of exciting stuff.
2: Chewy, we'll talk next week, bud. Great to to talk some ball with you. Thanks for the time.
0: Always. Thanks for having me. Guys, stay safe.
7: the urgency is there, um, you know, maybe that we kind of had hoped to see at at other points of the season and maybe haven't gotten. um, It's just where we are where we are. I mean, we've got to win. I mean, we've got to win games um, to get to the tournament, and we all feel like we've got a team capable of doing some things if we get there.
2: Will Bolt, uh, media session today, Big Red, uh, Minnesota this weekend. We'll see if Nebraska can... Get some momentum going. They, they played well against Iowa. Uh, out-dueled Monday. Exploded for game one of the doubleheader and lost in extras for the, uh, the rubber match ball game. So uh, Nebraska has, I hate saying this out loud because there's no such thing, but they, on paper they've got some winnable games. And I know Nebraska on paper is not great, but you've seen the, the potential. Well, on paper, Nebraska should be winning these series. It's the it's the second straight
3: weekend that they've gone out there and outscored the opponent on the weekend and lost the series. So, I mean, I know baseball games, no no games in sports are won on paper, but on paper, the Huskers should be beating these teams, but they're not. Well, I I think we can, we can see the talent with this baseball sure. team. It's just a question of can you put it together across three
2: games? Well, and it, maybe this talent's a year away. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's that's the reality with what you lost and what you have and what you're asking some of the newer talent to do. Reminder to buckle up. Coaches make substitutions during the game, and they want to get the best player on the field. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution. Sober drivers are the only choice. A DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So Day by Day, the uh, Nebraska football documentary uh, will drop at the Rococo Thursday. Daybyday.com is where you go to get the uh, the movie tickets and different showings throughout the weekend. Uh, this is going to be pretty cool if you're a Nebraska football fan. We'll spend some time with Grant Wistrom in about 10 minutes or so. Get his take on things, his experience at Nebraska, and just what this documentary we'll touch on not only with him but so many of his teammates and, and guys he's still close with today we'll we'll talk with brendan stye tomorrow as well and we uh we had a, a run of of some former nebraska guys that joined then we're so lucky to have relationships with guys for a lot of years that will come on and just talk current ball this is their story though about uh the incredible run of uh nebraska from uh, 1993 through 97 uh, you know it you lived it or you have a family member that absolutely remembers it like yesterday so uh, stay tuned for grant wistrom and a few minutes with us we'll take caller nine right now beef up your backyard with espn lincoln your chance to qualify for that smoky mountain cooker smoker from Capitol Patio and the Flame Shop and a gift card from Russ's Market. to a $100 gift card for meat to put on the smoker. That's a winner. Uh, your chance to qualify right now, caller 9-466-3776 or 1-800-825-5865. Caller 9 qualifies now. We'll do another qualification Next hour, but uh, get in. Get qualified to beef up your backyard. Grant Wistrom on the way with Hale Varsity Radio. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's Hale Varsity Back into it, a tale. Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hour two, we welcome in college football hall of famer and uh, Nebraska standout legend Grant Wistrom Back, uh, are you sunburned? Yes or no? Uh,
8: I mean, I've got a, I've got a little glow about me. I uh, was smart with the sunscreen and uh, wore pro- appropriate attire, so I didn't get too burnt, man.
2: There we go. Well, you were fishing before we dive into day by day. What'd you catch?
8: Uh, we caught Tracy hooked into a tarpon. Okay. It was crazy. We were fishing back in this little. We were down the Florida Keys, and uh, we had like sixty dollar fishing poles we bought at the bait shop. And we're catching mangrove snapper, and he hooked a little eight inch mangrove snapper and reeling it was reeling it in, and this tarpon came and hammered it. So I mean, it's probably a forty-pound fish, and they're hard to land on a, with the right tackle and the heavy enough poles. And Tracy flopped the thing for about twenty minutes, but it finally snapped his line. But that was the biggest fish that we hooked. He also he caught about a twenty-five-pound grouper, um, which is pretty awesome. And then other than that, we just caught a bunch of mangrove snapper and uh, some yellowtail. My brother, Chance, we, he was on a, an aquarium bingo hunt. He uh, <laughs> he caught about every fish you can find in your aquarium, but none of them you could eat. So we, we invented a new game for him where he's just uh, aquarium fish, fish and bingo for Chance. But.
2: <laughs> this uh, sounds like a pretty special spot for you and your family.
8: Yeah, it was pretty awesome, man. Uh, I lived in Florida for about eight years when I was a kid, and every year for spring break, We'd go to the Florida Keys, and it would just be me and my two brothers with mom and dad, and we had a little fishing boat. Dad painted bright red- yellow, it put a 10-horsepower motor on it, and said, go get it. And we would fish all day long, and whatever we brought back, dad would they cook for us. So we'd bring home shark, stingrays, octopus, stone crabs, shrimp, whatever we could catch. We would cook it when we got home. So, um it was pretty amazing getting to go relive that experience again with my brother, with my mom and dad. Tracy, for all the trash I talk about I mean, he's a pretty darn good brother. <laughs> and uh, he surprised us with that trip. We had no idea where we were going. Um, we only knew we were going to Florida once we got to the airport. And then when we got, well, even when we got to Florida, we didn't know that we were headed back to the same place we used to stay at 35 years ago, man. It was, it was amazing.
2: Man, that sounds really cool. That sounds awesome. Grant Wistrom's with us. Day-by-day Grant premieres next week at the Rococo Thursday showtimes and can get your movie tickets daybydaymovie.com. I know you're featured on it along with your your, your brother's uh, teammates you uh, played in Nebraska with. Are are you excited about this? There's a lot of documentaries that are out on different teams. You look at the 30-for-30s that are out there, and Nebraska fans have been clamoring for one on the, the run, and this first feature is the rise. And uh, touch on just, I guess, what you're feeling about your story, your teammates' story, the Nebraska football story that, ne- that the fans will see next week.
8: Man, Schmitty, I've been looking forward to this since it was just a rumor I don't know how many years ago. Um, and so it's been one of, you know, like you alluded to a little bit, You know, they're going to do a 30 for 30. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And it never, and you just kept hearing these stories. So, you know, even when, you know, Josh Davies and the crew came up with this concept, you know, even then I'm like, you know, I've heard this before. This is never going to happen. And then, you know, they send a film crew down to Springfield. And I'm like, oh, this seems like it's going to be pretty legit. And then still, that was probably two years ago that I did that. And it's just like, man, is this ever going to happen? And then it's like, oh, we're going to release it on the Big Ten Network and this and that, and it still never happened. So, you know, I've been hoping for a long time it was going to happen because I can't wait to see it. I got to see the trailer, uh, and it looks amazing, and I cannot wait to sit down and watch it.
2: Grant Wistrom's with us. Varsity Radio, the day-by-day documentary next week. And, we were out in Boulder a couple of years ago, and there was kind of a Q and A with uh, a lot of the guys uh, that were teammates of yours, and that was great to see. Pandemic happens, but I, I think uh, this will be absolutely well worth the wait. And uh, the sto- what what's the uh, what's the story behind the story? I'm going E. True Hollywood story. Forgive me, but what what are fans you think going to be walking out of the theater? shaking their head about they know how great you guys played but the, there's so many backstories and so many different personalities that'll be profiled
8: uh you know what Schmitty, i'm probably going to be shaking my head when i walk you know after i get to watch it too because just watching the preview or the trailer for it there are so many things that guys touched on that i was like oh man i forgot about that oh yeah that did happen and there was just there's just so much going on at that time at Nebraska that um, I don't know, man. You could. There's going to be a lot of different things to talk about once I think you walk out. You get to watch it, and you're walking out. Um, but to me, I just watching the trailer. Coach Brown said, "I think it was Coach Brown or Coach Gill said, we changed who we recruited to guys that." You know, it wasn't about maybe stars behind their, you know, their names, but it was we recruited guys that you would have to kill them to get them to stop. And without a doubt, one hundred percent, to a man on that team, those are the type of dogs we had, and, and that's why we were good because we were all just had that mindset that it does not matter what's going on right now; we're going to figure out a way.
2: Did you come in? And your class come in and and, and already kind of have that in stone, or did it need to be molded? I'm I'm sure there was confidence, but that no-blink mentality.
8: You have to have that in you. Mm -hmm. There's part of that has to be in your DNA, but it can be in hand. And the guys that were there, the older guys that were there, I saw how they approached it. And so, yeah, I already had that in me. I, you know, I've never felt that I've lost a football game and just ran out of time every now and then. <laughs> and, those, you know, and that was already in me. But to just develop, just to harden that edge every day at practice with those guys that already had that in them, that's what really brings it out of people, just steel sharpens steel. So when you're showing up every day and it's a dogfight, you're going to get better. And that's the way we practice, uh, and that's the way we play
2: few minutes grant wistrom's with us hail varsity radio day by day the documentary the rise uh, premieres thursday at the rococo and and grant one of the narratives just growing up here and going to games with my family was awesome nebraska's 10 and 2 9 and 3 but they'd lose to an oklahoma or Miami would do not nice things to Nebraska, winning the big one. Was that something you guys heard, even when you you came in as a freshman, about the program?
8: Yeah, you know, I mean, that was always kind of the wrap. You guys can't, you know, you do great in the Big 12 or big, 10, big 8, but, you know, when it comes down to playing Florida schools, you guys just don't have the athletes they do. And, you know, I love the fact that we probably – didn't have the athletes that any of those Florida schools did, but we had a will to win that they couldn't touch, and that's what those teams were about—just the will to win and to impose our will upon those that we played.
2: Grant, with uh, the topic of adversity, that's that's going to be one of the, the subplots. Uh, there was, despite the on-field, there was off-field. Uh, situations and even that uh, junior season where it wasn't, you know, an undefeated season. How did you guys as leaders in that locker room deal with adversity?
8: You know, we just kept looking within ourselves and looking within the locker room. You know, we knew that anything from outside of the locker room was going to just be a distraction. You know, and and then with, you know, with, with Lawrence Phillips and All that going on, you know, if you heard, if you got outside of the locker room, you're going to have people bringing you down. So we just stayed within ourselves and kept looking within and just turned our backs to all the negative stuff going on. Because, I mean, that was horrible, absolutely horrible what happened. But there were still 149 other guys on that team that had to show up and play football every day. And that's what we did.
2: With Coach McBride, uh, spend a second on, on his mentorship and and just the defense you got to play in.
8: Uh, coach McBride, I said on your show before, he's everything a football coach should be. I mean, he would, I really believe at any given moment, he would step out in the street and fight with you. He would fight for you. Uh, just would... Rip your butt one minute, but nobody else better say a dang bad thing about you. Had your back all the time. Always had you prepared to play. You knew that, you know, you, you're around some coaches that you're like, this guy wants it more than I do. You know, and you, you get to be around a handful of coaches like that in your career. A lot of guys are there to pick up a paycheck. You knew Coach McBride wanted it more than you did. And for you to not be able to go out there and just lay it online, not even on Saturday. Anybody go out there and play hard on Saturday. You go out there and you played hard on Monday because you didn't want him to have to deal with Coach Tennifer getting in his ear about the old line whooped our butt that day. So, you know, we went, as much as we went to play for us and went to at-bat for us, you know, we did it for Coach McBride, Coach Osborne, Coach Samuel, all those guys, all of them were important to us. They loved us and we loved them.
2: Grant Wistrom's with us. Day by Day, The Rise showing next week. Rococo Theater, day daybydaymovie.com. And uh, Grant Wistrom with us. Grant, what did you pay forward? I mean, because Nebraska football didn't go away once you graduated. Three championships, 60 and three in that span. But what are you proud of uh, with uh, what you left from a leadership standpoint?
8: You know, I do believe that when you know our class got out of there, we left the program in better shape than when we found it. You know, granted they were dang good when we first got there, you know, lost to Florida State in the national championship the year before. But we ran it. You know, we ran it further. We took it further. So, you know, that's most proud of and you know going back for our senior year and winning one more. You know, I don't I, I, I didn't Know how much that would mean to me then. I know, like, at the, at the time, it was just like, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go back. And at the time, it was more about me and just I wasn't in a position to go into the NFL yet where I wanted to be. And I'm so thankful that I didn't get the information that I was wanting to hear at that time as, as far as being a top 10 pick because I probably I would have had to have left. Mm-hmm. And just, knowing that I got to go back and play one more year of college football for the greatest coach in the history of college football with some of the greatest guys that I'll ever know, um, I'm really proud of that. And at the time, it, it kind of seemed like it stepped backwards, but, man, it, it's one of the highlights of my life.
2: Can you take us into that meeting with, with Coach Osborne, you and Jason?
8: Yeah. So Jason and I, you know, we both talked after, you know, our last game of our junior year against uh, Virginia Tech. And neither one of us was really sure what we were going to do, but it was one of those things where whatever we did, we're probably going to end up doing it together. And uh, we both went in and sat down with a coach and just – he just said, you know, how can I help you guys? You know, he there wasn't any – trying to persuade us of one to do one thing or another it's just like you know what information can i get for you and so we said coach you know we're just really you know there's you see everybody's draft boards and they're all over the place you know we would like a credible source of information of you know where we're slotted right now to go in the draft so you know he called up a couple of gms that he had good contacts with in the league and uh you know they were just like no they're you know, probably late first round guys, both of them, and that's all we needed to hear. And uh, we let Coach know that we were coming back. And you know, we obviously at the time didn't have any idea that Coach was contemplating hanging it up after that year, um, and didn't know till pro- I didn't know till probably 10, 15 years later that that was you know in its thought process. So when all that came back out that, you know, a big reason for coach coming back his last year was the fact that Jason and I were coming back. <clears throat> it's really humbling. And, to uh, this guy, I mean, he had nothing left to prove. He'd done it all, but I mean, he honors commitment and that's a, a rarity in today's day and age. And the fact that, you know, Jason and I were honoring our commitment, um, you know, he, he felt like he needed to come back and, and honor his to us as well. And I don't know the difficult conversation he had to have with Coach Solich over it and probably a few other hard conversations uh, that we're not privy to. Um, you know, his family, Mrs. Osborne, all those people. I can't imagine all the people he had to turn around that probably knew what was supposed to happen for them to, to walk back down from that decision. Um, like I said, I mean, it's just really humbling. And so thankful, so, so thankful uh, that he did that. Because I I love Coach Solich, but you just never know, you know, how the the season would unfold. And that was one of the coolest seasons I've ever been a part of, the way it finished up at Missouri with the the kickball game. Uh, Just the, the season from top to bottom. So much fun, man. So much fun.
2: Grant Wistrom's with us, day-by-day, day, daybydaymovie.com to get your, your seats. Hey, in, enjoy the documentary. Thanks for your time uh, and and talking about day-by-day uh, day with this grant. And awesome, you got to go fishing with family, man. Thanks for a few minutes.
8: You bet, Smitty. Thanks for having me on, man.
2: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon
6: Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at com. Just go to hailbarsti.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale varsity. That's hailvarsy.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. <laughs>
1: Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com.
2: Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thank you to uh, Grant Wistrom for giving us quite a bit of time getting back from a family fishing trip. and He's jacked to see the documentary Day by Day. Uh, Big thanks to uh, the folks at Day by Day for Uh, Their help and, of course, um, their work on this. The uh, producer, director, Justin, going to be in studio with us uh, next Wednesday. So that'll be fun. Uh, Thanks to Coach Osborne. Thanks to uh, Jason Peter, Grant Wistrom, and uh, Brendan Stye tomorrow will be with us as uh, we gear up for that. We'll dive into some NBA, which is not waters we typically wade into, but it's too juicy uh, to not talk about, but first you had uh, another presser with Philly, and uh, of course their starting center, their all-pro guy, their grizzled vet Kelsey, again, still smiling about Cam Jurgens.
8: Yeah, I mean,
7: you know, I think there's a video out there. I'm pretty excited about the kid. I liked him a lot. Uh, I like his tools. I like his mentality. Um, probably overstated a little bit my involvement in that selection, so I'd like to probably step that back a little bit. I mean, you know, I think I've looked at a few guys the past couple years uh, when they've asked my opinion. But, you know, he's here, obviously, because Jeff Stalin and Hi Roseman, Nick Sirianni, all these people really watch that tape and believe in him. Um, and I think, uh, you know, he although he does have a lot of similar traits to me, uh, he's going to be his own player. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know,
2: being uh, – helping out in any way I can with any of these young guys in particular, Cam. So a little clarification, but you know, good for, good for Kelsey. You you, you have the endorsement. It's still up to Cam to do his thing. And you think he will, he will put the, uh, the effort, the time, the attitude in, but you just look at, at Philadelphia and our old boy, Searles has been saying this for a while about how it was too good a fit. Right. And coach Kaz talked about it as well. Yesterday. And uh, just sky's the limit for for him and what he can do. And Philly's a really tough team to like, more so because of their fan base—not all, but some of their fans. But man, they're um, they're building. They're building between what they drafted on the defensive side of the ball in the interior. Uh, they've got uh, some 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 burners from SEC country from Bama. Uh, on the offensive side, and, and then they've well, got to be good on the offensive line, and, and Cam's a guy that they really like.
3: Well, they just traded for AJ Brown too in the draft, so I mean that's a, a huge pickup for them from the Titans. Well, it's a big contract. It's a it's a big contract, but I mean I think they have decided that. Let's, let's be like the Rams and go all in. I I think they're gonna follow that that same model we've seen. I mean, even the Browns do a couple years ago with with Baker Mayfield, where you know, let's the, get him all the talent around the, him. The, so the, he, the guy behind your behind center for you is not an All Pro type guy. That's that's not what I believe Jalen Hurts to be. But he is good enough to win you football games if you build the right team around him. So the, they're gonna go all in, I'd assume, over the next two years and say we're gonna give you the talent. Uh, that you need to succeed if you succeed great you're a quarterback if you don't it's a sink or swim for Jalen Hurts here because they're Mm. surrounding him with a lot of great talent offensive line weapons uh, even giving him a decent defense it's it's setting up well for Jalen Hurts so it all comes down to him I think
2: it comes down to not to go clicheville but it comes down to leadership Mm. for for Hurts that's why Baker's on his way out of Cleveland because it's not that he doesn't have talent but can he handle leadership at a high level uh, and when, when it's rolling great, yeah, he's, he's fine. When it's not great, is he a problem? Is he a guy guys buy into? We listened to Grant Wisdom for 15 minutes talk to us about just how how grateful he is and was with his experience and the leadership that he was introduced to and that he also introduced to others, right? When we talk about Nebraska, uh, we can move it forward to Draymond Green, and uh, the difference he is. Now, I know he was tossed, and the Warriors held on in game one. Different story. Too much uh, Jay Morant, or Josh, excuse me, but long and short. The guy was incredible last night, went for 47. But the play everyone talking about is the, uh, the, the, the foul, the elbow dislocation, And here is Coach Kerr afterwards. And it's a simple question, really. Uh, Do you look at it as dirty play or just physicality you've not seen in the NBA for a while? Especially if you're an older NBA fan like me, where it was normal to see a regular season fight between Boston and and the Sixers or see the bad boys from Detroit trying to capitate Jordan or, or Philly and Detroit go at it. Barkley and Lambeer, Oakley, the 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 New York Knicks and Ewing, they were beasts. Anthony Mason down low. I mean, it was, it was no blood, no foul back in my day. Sorry. But what you're seeing last night is physical ball, like throwback physical ball. And you had an out-of-control play uh, ruin a guy's season. But here is Kerr. He's got really good perspective because he grew up in the NBA 80s and 90s. I don't know if it was intentional, but it, it, it was dirty. And um, playoff basketball is going to,
7: it's supposed to be physical. There's, you know, everybody's going to compete. Everybody's going to fight for everything. But there's a code in this league. There's a code that players follow where you, you never put a guy's season slash career in jeopardy. Taking somebody out in midair and clubbing them across the head and Ultimately, fracturing Gary's elbow. This is a guy who's been toiling the last six years trying to make it in this league. Finally, found a home. Just you know, playing his butt off this year in the playoffs. You know, this should be the time of of his life. And a uh, guy comes in and whacks him across the head in midair. He broke the code. Dylan Brooks broke the code. That's how I see it.
2: Dylan Brooks and people have come to his defense that he's not dirty. But the play was out of control and it was just unfortunate to to put it extremely mildly. But do you think it was dirty or did you like not seeing a guy get injured, but did you like seeing that type of physicality back in the NBA where there's no free pass to the rim? Well,
3: I don't like it being an ejection for Dylan Brooks personally.
2: But you did. did. But dude, the result was a dislocated elbow. So you can't, that's beyond two free throws probably be on four free throws the result of the foul it's got to weigh in i mean he's probably gonna get launched to spend i don't know if they've come down with a ruling or yet or not but it was it was it was a really hard foul bad foul but where he fouled him it ended up being worst case scenario because he didn't get the ball didn't really jump
3: but this is why i like i like playoff hockey is because you, you let the guys be more physical and this is how it used to be in the nba but now i, I think the nba has seen this shift towards their ratings are going to come whenever the superstars show up in playoff basketball, whenever the superstars score 45. I mean, you even look at it this morning, people kind of forgot about the Dylan Brooks foul, because what does John Morant do? He goes and drops 47 points, and that's what people really want to talk about from that game last night. People are still going to talk about Dylan Brooks, don't get me wrong. No, but- the
2: drama is the juicy part for me. I mean, Morant's incredible, but any hopes of Golden State containing the guy kind of out the window with Brooks because he's he's their best perimeter defender he's what? been their most consistent and that's what i'm saying I, I don't think in the playoffs
3: this deserves an ejection in the regular season Payton, sure, not, maybe. not
2: brooks excuse me i gotta check that but you, you yeah. get what i'm saying But
3: yeah in the regular season sure i think this can be an ejection but in, in the playoffs call it a flagrant give him a fine after the game i don't think you need to uh, eject a guy and, and potentially uh, change the course of his series because of something i personally didn't see as dirty i saw it as a very physical play steve herr says crossing the line Crossing the line for the, the result. The result crossed the line. The result
2: crossed the line. But
3: I don't think Dylan Brooks came in with that intention. You, you can't judge intention. I get all that, but it's the playoffs. These, these guys are going to be playing with their hair on fire. It's it's their chance to go in a championship. He didn't mean it. I don't think he deserved to be ejected for it. Sure. If you're gonna, if you're vibe. gonna
2: if you're gonna toss Draymond for game one, I don't think Draymond deserved to be tossed no, for that but, either. But they did. So you're gonna absolutely if a guy dislocates his elbow you going to run him.
3: I think you need to do something extreme to get ejected in the playoffs personally. i I'm talking Jokic going and running down the court and running through a guy in order to get ejected. I don't think if you're trying to make a basketball play, you should be ejected.
2: The, the play that is ejectable that comes to mind is Lambeer going up and clotheslining Bird and then Bird in a rugby scrum like fighting through pistons to throw punches at Lambeer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were they were just common fouls called in the Detroit Bulls series from yesteryear that were more physical and more harmful. I mean, not not dislocation harmful, but hip pointer bad for Jordan back in the day. Draymond, though, man, you can love him, you can hate him, you can be wore out by him, but man, I love his authenticity and I th- I love his leadership and the heartbeat he is. This is Green after the game last night on the foul. Draymond, what were your thoughts on the play that
7: injured Gary Payton the second? Um, Steph just said that's what a flagrant two really looks like. What,
2: what were your thoughts? It was a b- foul. Easy enough, it was. And lastly, from Draymond, I mean, he's bleeding. He got whacked, and he got Memphis cheering
4: you're going to boo somebody who get elbowed in the eye and face running on blood, you should get flipped off. So I'll take the fine. I'll go do an appearance and make up the money. But it felt really good to flip them (laughs) off. You're going to boo someone that get elbowed in the eye and blood running on your face? I could have had a concussion or anything. So if they're going to be that nasty, I can be nasty too. And I'm assuming the cheers was because they know I'll get fined
2: great. I make $25 million a year. I should be just fine. That is so good. I mean, it's it's from the heart. You can call him pompous. You can tell him to grow thick skin. He's he's all about finding out a way to get th- game three mm. for, for Golden State. And Golden State, Steve Kerr is not soft. Draymond Green is not soft. The rest of the team is finesse and flash. And incredible artistry but if you got Kerr and Draymond you can win about any fist fight from Kerr's mentality Draymond's your enforcer Uh, I'm gonna watch NBA playoffs uh, Saturday night you just heard it you believe that can't wait for this do I believe it no I will the full game sure oh okay no I I will (laughs) I will watch the NBA because it's I mean, it's been hyped up. It's been built up. And I don't want to see any more revenge fouls. I want to see good basketball. I want to see physical basketball. I want to see a, a talent like Morant do his thing and Steph Curry that captured everybody back when he was a little younger. Can Golden State put another title in the rafters or not?
3: I mean, this almost feels... It, Memphis is the higher seed, but it feels sort of David and Goliathy with what Memphis is doing here, Jean Morant. I mean, I... I still think Golden State wins this series in six, but I'm rooting for the Grizzlies. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, no shock there. No one roots for Goliath. Uh, a Jock Docs on the way to tail varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yeah! Promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Promo code GBR.
1: He's in his thirties, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy.
2: Back into it at Tale Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orth- Orthopedic Center. Dr. Doug Tavis with us. Dr. Doug, what do you know?
7: Well, it's a good week in Nebraska, getting some rain, that's what I know. But it uh, kind of screwed up the baseball for, uh, for a lot of folks.
2: It did, but, you know, the, the front yard, you can kind of look out. And, and have some pride now. At least I can. <laughs> Where it's, it's great. Where you not
7: can funny. worry about mowing it. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I get
2: that, that's that's the other side of it. But no, I'm I'm getting some color in my yard at the expense of the city tournament. But I'm not bitter. It's uh it's okay. But no, I'm uh I'm smiling. Yeah. A lot of baseball yet to be played. Playoffs are going on, Doctor Doug, with uh, the NBA and a guy who's. Right there for the MVP run is Joel Embiid. We've done a lot of jock docs over the years, Doctor Doug, with Joel Embiid between knees and wrists, and now we have an orbital bone to talk about and a concussion.
7: Yeah, well, not the first time either. You know, this guy has had uh, he had surgery on an orbital fracture in 2018. So, you know, the thing that that just is really. Uh, you know, this guy highlights is just the reality of how incredibly physical NBA basketball is at this point. You know, I mean, literally uh, two facial fractures, you know, inside of, of, you know, four years on this guy. Um, It it just is a very, uh, very physical game. It's uh, quite, quite something. It's a little different than the high school
2: ball we used to play. Just a touch, and you look at Joel Embiid uh, missed Philly's loss in game one uh, to Miami, that right facial fracture. I can't remember if 2018 was the left side or if it's the same area as 2018, but not only was he hit in the face by Pascal with an elbow uh, in the, uh, the, the Thursday night win over Toronto, but he also uh, suffered a concussion and there's really no timeline on return and Dr. Doug, speak a little bit uh, as to getting back and ready to go and I know there are some provisions you can take you can wear the old beer mask if you've got a, a fracture but just how uh, serious and uncomfortable is this orbital bone issue?
7: Yeah, so yeah, really it's it's the combination of the two things, the concussion and the orbital bone fracture that uh, they have to kind of play together uh with to to get this guy back on the basketball court um first of all uh, will be the concussion protocol and so you know he's got to he's got to uh make his way through the concussion protocol be make sure that his um, uh testing is all good um uh, which as you know, is no longer just hold a couple of fingers up. You know, you get got computerized testing on these guys to make sure that their brains are functioning well before they're going to be allowed to get back. So then uh, that's the the, uh, immediate thing. Relative to the orbital bone fracture, uh, that really depends a lot on uh, the degree of displacement. So the one that he had in 2018, um, by the way, the orbital bone um, is the – it's the, uh, the bony socket for the eyeball, if you want to say it that way. And so um, if a part of the um, socket of the eyeball is displaced, if the fracture is displaced, that doesn't support the the eye then, and uh, mm. uh, there can be really some dramatic um, fractures in that regard. One of them we call a blowout fracture, where the eyeball actually drops down into the sinus mm. uh, below it. You know, so. Um, but the, anyway, the 2018 fracture was one that was displaced enough to where they did surgery on it. Doesn't sound like that's what is going to be required on this one. Um, and so, if he, you know, clears his concussion protocol, then I think he's going to be in a situation where, uh, where he can go ahead and, and uh, probably play with a face mask on.
2: Doctor Doug Davis with us, and it's a Jock Doc Wednesday. We're talking Joel Embiid, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. What, what's, what's a, a good uh, response? For Embiid, if he goes ahead and plays, I mean, are we talking any time is is gravy? Can he still be functional and dominant with a, with an orbital fracture? Oh, I think he
7: can. Um, you know, it's going to be getting the confidence of you know the the mask or the protective device. Um, you know, getting the confidence that yeah, that's going to make you know I'm going to be okay if somebody swings an elbow at me again. Um, and, uh, uh, if he can get, you know, past that, that piece of it. And again, the guy's, the guy's been hit twice like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he can get past that piece of it, I think he, I think he can play pretty well. Uh, you know, the, the, the way these things are are, are built, you know, they, they don't really restrict the breathing piece of it so much. Uh, this being not involving the nasal bone, that helps too. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think you can come back and play at a very high level with this, and and uh, um, you know really uh, contribute you know in their playoff run coming down.
2: Doctor Doug, this is a scary injury. The way you kind of laid out, if it's uh, a, a severe orbital bone fracture where the uh, the holding of the, of the eyeball, not to get too gross, is is in danger. I mean that that's scary. Yeah,
7: and it, the other thing that'll happen. Uh, with this is you know and that that blowout fracture that I just mentioned I mean that's kind of the kind of the the big bad ugly you know but um, the other thing that we you know, kind of have to remember is that that um, the whole uh, socket uh, protects not only the eyeball but the muscles that attach to the eyeball that allow you to move your eyes you know right and left and up mm-hmm. and down and that kind of thing. And those muscles, um, if you've got a uh, if you've got a displaced fracture, if there's a little uh, spike of bone sort of sticking into that socket a little bit, those muscles can uh, end up kind of uh, getting um, constricted or impaled against those that little spike of bone, and uh, that can really be a problem, obviously, because you can't uh, move the eye normally. And it, you know that's if you can't move the eye normally you got no shot of being able to play you know in a a sporting event like that kind of a thing so it's it doesn't have to be as dramatic as a blowout fracture to be really a serious problem
2: dr doug a thought here on the healing part is it a three week deal is it a 10 day deal i mean is it uh something that's pretty common timeline wise or does it just vary yeah
7: it'll it'll just vary i mean it's a Uh, The fact that they're not going to end up, or I shouldn't say the fact, if they don't end up doing um, a surgical intervention on it, um, you know that that would imply that they've got a stable situation and and uh, probably is going to be able to get back in that you know time frame that is the concussion protocol plus just you know getting his uh, you know getting a protective mask fashioned you know correctly and getting him some reps on you know in practice Uh, so maybe that's a 10-day kind of a thing Um, it uh, obviously it could go longer than that but uh, I wouldn't be surprised especially in a playoff run if they're moving things ahead you know as quickly as they can.
2: Dr. Doug Tavis with us, uh, Joel Embiid, our jock doc today, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Knowing Embiid uh, going for 30 in the second half with a bad thumb, he'll probably go for uh, 20 and 20 whenever he returns. Dr. Doug, uh, great to spend time with you. Thanks for a few minutes today.
7: You bet, Chris. You take care. Thanks.
6: Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. And I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do: 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com/slash-subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr
1: miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hail the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio
2: one final time on a Wednesday, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Get the podcast. Hope you caught us during the four to six window. If you caught parts or want to hear the whole thing, give us a subscription. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, it is free. And your chance to give us a rating. Good, bad, ugly, whatever you think, we'll take and try and be better. All right. So uh, do that. Subscribe. Hail Varsity Radio, Monday through Saturday, and uh, take us with, and uh, check us out. Tomorrow on the show, Brendan Style join us, Gary Barnett with us, Danny Burke, should be some fun NBA and Kentucky Derby thoughts with the Pride of Chicago, VEASAN Sports Network analyst, and Brandon Vogel also, he plays the ponies. Mm, mm. Yeah, I'm awful at horse racing. It's it's either that or blackjack where I, where I do most of my donating. Mm. You're not going to blackjack. Well, I don't I don't last long at blackjack. I mean, I know how to play it. i mm-hmm. I'm not hitting out a 19 if you're wondering. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's just like a <laughs> I always feel like that's like the easiest casino game. All right. We'll, we'll go to the boat sometime Let's do and, it. <laughs> and we'll see if it's, if if um we're getting the the midnight buffet. Or the free drinks at the time.
3: I'll oh, see. Blackjack's one of the easiest, in my opinion, that after. The cheat at? No, no. Blackjack's one of the easiest after a couple drinks to really just lose all your money quickly. You start real. Well, well there can't be three bad hands in a row for me. And yeah, I mean, you, you triple throw the chips up. out there. Yeah. and then, Yeah, uh-huh. and then you're done uh-huh. for.
2: Yeah. Big thanks to Grant Wistrom. Just awesome to chat with him today. Mike Babcock, Mike Shuhart. Uh, good stuff from them. That's the podcast today. More tomorrow. Let's qualify another listener for the Beef Up Your Backyard. It happens four times a day with ESPN Lincoln, 9 and 10 in the morning with Morning Hookup. Yeah, and congrats to Eva back in hour one for getting oh, her Oh, good name for the Eva. Box. Yeah, thanks, Eva. The five o'clock time is now to call and qualify what is up for grabs. Well, the 27th, your chance to win a Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker. It's at Capitol Patio in the Flame Shop in Lincoln, just off of 56th and Old Shady. Go see the great folks there, see what we're talking about. Russ's Markets giving you the gift card for the meat. That could be ribs, that could be pork chops, that could be steaks. Do whatever you want uh, with this um, Smoky Mountain cooker smoker, but you got to win it. And to win it, you got to be Collar Nine to qualify for the drawing. Can also log on ESPNLincoln.com and uh get in the hopper that way. But caller nine four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Those are the numbers to get in. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at herbal essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, send your emails as well to chris at com. Good stuff. I'm sad there's no baseball for Junior, but he is uh, cheering on his squad. Elijah's got a call up to Varsity Friday.
3: Yeah, no no, no information, but I'm going to be no, working I, uh, a district baseball game. Yeah, we're, we're sworn to confidentiality no, in I, our assignment.
2: I'm, I'm good. I'm just, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, Enjoy some NHL and NBA tonight. Back tomorrow with Hale Varsity at 4. Thanks. A
3: Huda Media Production.